truck and load. This is Steve Dace. The Steve Dace Show. And greetings. Happy Wednesday. Welcome to the Steve Dace Show. Live and on demand on Blaze TV radio podcast. I'm Steve Dace. Aaron McIntyre. Totters and... And then there's you. We don't know your name, but hello. 888-900-3393 is the number. 888-900-3393. Steve at stevedace.com. That's how you can email the show at D-E-A-C-E. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. It's a Wednesday, so you know what that means. Uh, some zany hijinks when we begin buy, sell, or hold here coming up at the bottom of this hour. Next hour, our weekly prophet of woe and lamentation, Daniel Horowitz, will be here. But before we get to all of that, here's Aaron's rundown of what happened while we were away. What happened while we were away brought to you by Buttigieg comes from behind. Pete Buttigieg is the new leader in Iowa, according to the latest Monmouth poll of the first in the nation caucus state. He leads Joe Biden 22 percent to 19 percent. Elizabeth Warren is right behind at 18 percent. A new University of Iowa poll, however, shows a different race with Elizabeth Warren leading at 23 percent, followed by Bernie Sanders at 18 and Pete Buttigieg at 16. Joe Biden is in fourth place. Elsewhere on the campaign trail, Kamala Harris appears to be having herself a pretty good time. I thank you all so very much. In case you missed that, let's watch that again. I thank you all so very much. Yeah, she literally motions the crowd to give her a standing ovation. Please clap. International news. Israel is facing a fresh barrage of rocket attacks from jihadists in recent days as over 250 rockets have been launched from Gaza. In retaliatory strikes, Israel has killed nearly two dozen, including at least one leader of the so-called Islamic Jihad terrorist group. President Trump talked about his international appeal. They recently came out with a poll that President Obama is much more popular in Germany than I am. I said, guess what? He should be. He should be. Today I'm more popular than him. You know I'm not doing my job. Let's put it that way. Let's face it, that's probably one of Trump's better moments recently. Learning Spanish today, today's phrase is never Trumpers. Nunca te R-U-M-P-R-S. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez is apparently into drag queens now. I thought it was amazing. It was incredible. It was fabulous. I'm like that Lady Gaga moment. Yeah. She's like stunning, amazing, impeccable, <laughs> genius. You believe from the revolutionary of our time. I love you so much. Thank you for being here. Checking in on woke sports, Colin Kaepernick has private workouts scheduled for this weekend for NFL teams to see if he can still play. The former NFL player hasn't made a roster in the wake of his social justice crusade. Megan Rapino, your thoughts? So while I'm enjoying all of this unprecedented and frankly a little bit uncomfortable attention um, and personal success, um, in large part due to my activism off the field, Colin Kaepernick is still effectively banned. Still banned from the NFL for kneeling during the national anthem in protest of known and systematic police brutality against people of color, known and systematic racial injustice, known and systematic white supremacy. Speaking of people who look like they'd be fine signing your execution warrant, Hawaii Senator Mazzie Hirono talked about so-called global warming. 
these are times that call for us to do those things that we believe in and to march and not just to march because that's important to show solidarity but then to do those things such as voter registration get people to out to vote so that we can have people here who truly are committed to human rights, environmental rights, climate change, believe in climate change as though it's a religion, it's not a science. More adults lecturing children on gender and sex. Everyone born with a vulva is a girl. True or false? Not everybody is sure, and that makes sense. But our genitals actually don't determine our gender. So some people born with vulvas can be boys. New research from the Barna Research Group shows 82% of young adults agree that society is facing a crisis of leadership at the moment. And finally, in the midst of his battle with cancer, Jeopardy! host Alex Trebek had a very heartwarming moment during a recent final Jeopardy! Did you come up with the right one? No? What is we love you out? That's very kind. Thank you. <laughs> Costs you 1995. You're left with five bucks. Okay. And that's what happened while we were away. Most of the insanity that was in Aaron's montage today, if not every day. For for example, let, let's go to the LGBTQU or EDU, whatever that is. All right. And and every every adult that put their child in there should be in jail. Every last one of you should be in jail. All of you. In jail for child endangerment, contributing to the delinquency of minors, you should all be in jail. So where does the revenue come from? Where, where's the money come from to support something, according to the last Census Bureau, 96% of Americans will never take part in that form of, of sexuality. And then, and then of the 4% who will, how many of them do you think are really, truly this level of bat poop crazy activists? Think it's, think it's maybe even half that? Probably not. Probably don't even think it's probably half that. Probably. Right. Okay. Let's just be, let's estimate high and say it's half that. So half of 2% of the population of this country really wants that kind of content. I mean, really wants it. At the absolute most, at the absolute most, where's the money come from? How, how, where does the revenue for ABC News to continue to lie to you come from? Where does the revenue for CBS News to fire, uh, wrongfully fire whistleblowers? Where, the ratings are in the toilet. CNN's ratings are abysmal. Where's the revenue come from? I'll tell you, corporate America. They're subsidizing a lot of what you are watching, a lot of what you're against, corporate America is funding. And that's another reminder whenever you have the opportunity to do business with people whose values align with yours, let alone who will not mobilize against your values, you should take advantage of that. Now, unfortunately, there are all kinds of industries where that's not an option. But where your mobile phone is concerned, it is. Patriot Mobile, the only conservative, veteran-led veteran -led mobile phone company. The same 4G LTE coverage nationwide you get from all those big boys funding that rot gut that you just watched in Aaron's montage. All right? But instead, Patriot Mobile takes their profits and they fund causes you believe in. In fact, they put millions towards that in just the last few years. And they've got plans starting as low as $25 a month, so why not make the switch? And if that's not enough of an incentive for you... How about this? 
for a limited time offer. Buy one line, get a second line for free for six months. BOGO mobile phone lines, okay, for six months. You can't do much better than that, especially you got a plan for 25 bucks a month and then you get the second line for free. You could potentially get two lines for 25 bucks a month. Don't pass up a deal like that. All right, go to patriotmobile.com slash blaze. That's patriotmobile.com slash blaze to take advantage of that offer. Buy one line, get a second line for free for six months at patriotmobile.com slash blaze. We're going to discuss uh, woke sports in the overtime today for our Blaze TV subscribers. So if you are a Blaze TV subscriber, that'll be up there at the blazetv.com website for you later today. If you're not and would like to become one so you can watch it, as well as all of the other exclusive content we do each day here at Blaze TV, blazetv.com slash dace. BlazeTV.com slash days. Now you can subscribe and we'll give you a discounted rate by using my name as a promo code as well. Let's start with the Iowa polling. So today is 81 days until the Iowa caucuses. And I, I, think, I think we can see a couple of things now are happening. Um, there's clearly a top two now. There's clearly a top two and it's Elizabeth Warren and Pete Buttigieg. Now, Elizabeth Warren has been in this top two for about four to six months, would we say, in the polling in Iowa? Yeah, at least four, yeah. yeah. So at least since the summertime. And I know that sounds weird because it just seems like it was summer a month ago. Yeah, It was actually summer like four months ago because it's mid-November now. It always goes fast, the fall and the football season and the holidays. Remember when football season started and I warned you guys, we're going to wake up tomorrow and it's going to be Christmas? It's kind of starting to feel like that mm-hmm. right now, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Do you know it's it's only 40 days until Christmas on Friday? I do. Of course you do. Now, you're going to get on me for this. I'm going out there on Friday, and I'm putting the nativity in the yard. I'm putting, I'm putting the nativity in the yard on Friday for 40 days. There has to be some kind of, you Catholics love your 40-day remembrances. There has to be some 40 days until the birth of the Christ child remembrance in Catholicism somewhere, isn't there? We have Advent. Okay. So don't get your so then don't bust on me then for that. Right? In fact, I ought to be busting on you. Why are you putting your nativity up 40 days beforehand? Right? Why do you hate Christmas, Todd? Yes. We have all whole season. I kind of boomerang back on you. A all right. Bit. Anyway, it's going fast. Let's talk so about I, Buttigieg. I, yes. <laughs> so I, I know it seems like it was summer, so you know, but it wasn't. It was summer quite a while ago, actually. Right. So Elizabeth Warren has been in this top two since the summer. What you're watching now is is Bernie Sanders' numbers remain fairly. I almost said uh, flatulent. That's a that that's a Freudian slip. Uh, Bernie Sanders remains somewhat flat. He's essentially been his place. Where he is in the standings changes, but his percentages really don't. They're, they're, he's pretty much the mid to high teens. That's where he is at. May I offer one thing? Because Polly came out yesterday. I think it was out of New Hampshire, mm-hmm. and it was the percent uh, who were voting for the top four and would without exception versus could be convinced otherwise and the highest in that category was probably that Bernie Sanders. Was Bernie Sanders. Yep. 57% in New Hampshire said, yep. I'm a Bernie guy, and you cannot talk me off that ledge. So he's essentially a better-funded, better-known Ron Paul. And Ron Paul was fairly yeah. well-funded. But but Bernie's support isn't going anywhere. I don't see any evidence that it's growing anywhere, though, either. 
And keep in mind, when you see him polling in the mid to low, their mid to high teens in Iowa, he basically won this state uh, four years ago against Hillary Clinton. They had to contrive some kind of tie and then a tiebreaker process. And she won it by like one tenth of her or two tenths of a percentage point. All right. So, I mean, he's, he's going from mid forties in, 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 in a state that knows him very well to 18, 15%, depending on where you look, his numbers are not going to move. They're not going down. They're entrenched, right? Yes. You just, you like, you like his, his, his style of, of, of Soviet uh, disruption. You want that. All right. You know, as the great prophet Kirk Cousins once said, you like that. Okay. So that's what you want. And notice he was wearing a red jersey when he said it, right? A little foreshadowing there. See what I did there? All right. So uh, you want that and you're not moving off of that. But you, but everybody else has made up their minds. They don't want that. Meaning, and it may not necessarily even be they disagree with his policies as much as they just, it, it's him. They don't want him. So, so he has his following. He's the Ron Paul of this race now. He has his following. It's not moving anywhere. It's not growing anywhere though either. Right. So he's just going to sit in there, and it's just a matter of how much of that is. But are we down to how many people? Has Elizabeth Warren taken all of his soft support away? And so what's left now is just the hardcore Bernie bros. Probably that's it. Mm -hmm. Meaning that I don't know that he's playing spoiler at this point now. I mean, at this point, if you're still supporting Bernie Sanders, and I'm sure there's a couple of percent of people that if he wasn't in the race would find somebody else, right? But by and large, his support is, we're down to the Bernie bros. People that just... You know, they 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 wish they too wish they could have taken their bride to to Moscow for her honeymoon in 1988. So then there's the rest of the field, and what we're continuing to see is Elizabeth Warren's numbers are fairly stagnant. Um, I think in the that in in that uh, Monmouth poll, for example, her numbers had only changed two points since August, so since summertime. Uh, the Which polling is crazy, by the way. Yep, yep. And, and well, I, and I think what's happened is. She has self-limited her growth yeah. by her own performance as a, yeah. as a as a standard bearer in the last couple of months. That she has shown an, an, an inability, um, or maybe too eager of a willingness, actually, to be honest about her policy proposals. And I think Democrats are looking for somebody that's just going to lie to people to beat Trump. And and like we don't we don't tell them we're going to tax the hell out of you right now, guys. We we do that after we win. Okay, to, you, to win, we have to give them uh, hope and change. I feel your pain. I, that, that's what we have to do to win, guys. And and then we just knife as many people as we can once in office. But we don't we don't actually run on the Cloward Piven plan. We don't run on that. All right, we just we just do that after we win. Well, Elizabeth Warren is a you know she's like Mazi Mazi Hirano in that uh, in that video. Think of it as a religion, not a science. She's not doing political science, guys. She is she she is Khrushchev at the UN. Pounding the pounding the lectern. That's what she's running for. She is a true believer in this. All right. And and what you're seeing is there's some hesitancy now with her as a standard bearer because people are wondering, is she gonna really be this honest the whole campaign? If so, we're we're we are totally and irrevocably screwed here. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, unless 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 we've got a better class of whistleblower at that Senate trial here in a few months, we're totally yeah. and irrevocably screwed here. We cannot win an honest conversation. Now, the day will come if we continue on our current cultural devolution. The when you because you look at that Barna poll that shows all those you know kids uh, Aaron's age, which aren't kids, they're young adults. I'm getting old now. All those young adults Aaron's age rightfully have deduced 
that there's a leadership crisis in America. So what's most of their answer? More government and more leaders to make more decisions for us. Because that makes sense, Todd, right? I mean, if you're already, you already don't trust the leadership you have, so why don't we give more power to people, right? And by the way, Trump's a fascist, so give him your guns, right? I mean, that's so, so we're going to have that election. If we don't yep. see revival in this culture, you're going to have that election where Elizabeth Warren can say truthfully the stuff she's saying now and will not face nearly the political blowback for it she is currently facing. That's going to be like in the next two or three elections. I agree. I agree. But I, you know, I first said this on Glenn Beck's radio program when the Iowa caucus process started um, a year ago or early this year, back in January. And I said to him that we're not having, because that's when the squad, they weren't the squad yet, but they were first making their ascendancy after getting elected. And, uh, and you know, the, the, they had done the whole Handmaid's Tale, women's suffrage thing at Trump's State of the Union. And I think I was on I, I, that clinch radio program the day after doing some political analysis. And, and one of the things I said to him then, and you've heard me repeat this several times since, we're not having the 2032 or 2028 election yet. We're not. This is the 2020 election. Now, if, if we don't see revival in our culture, the 2028, 2032 elections, they're going to be able to run on this stuff openly and beat you. Because we're, we're trending that way. All right? But we're not there yet. All right? I know we, I, we're, we all see the yard signs. Or, the, or we all see the street, the, 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 the street signs on the curb going down the, the highway to hell here. Ash heap to history. Two miles away. So it's close, right? It's close. But we're not, we, our blinkers aren't on yet. We're not getting on the off-ramp yet. We're not there yet. That dog won't hunt in this election. Now, the time is coming and, and more rapidly approaching than maybe those of you in the boomer generation care to admit to yourselves when they are going to be able to be honest about this stuff unless we see some real revival in our culture. But it's not yet. Not today, all right? So you can have it's some confidence in what's happened to Elizabeth Warren, that, but you've also seen her remain one of the front runners. It, she has not diminished uh, her, has, as, a nas- as a national front runner. She just hasn't solidified the, her positioning that she is the sole front runner now. So that leaves us with two candidates. And we first threw this theory out about two weeks ago. And I think it's pretty obvious now that what we theorized is correct. What's happening is Pete Buttigieg has come up the middle here and has run as... I can't give any analysis, can I? In fact, the word analysis begins A-N-A-L. I can't bring in... I can't give any analysis. I was going to tiptoe right. I can't do anything. I can't. All right. And, and I didn't do it. I looked over there, and it was McIntyre over there. Okay? This is one of those times where it's probably better that you hired a female producer a few years ago. You know we're in bad shape when I am the one attempting to take the high road and be yeah. the adult in the room here. Okay? Let's try this again. I have to stop and think about what, what vocabulary I can use. Pete Buttigieg has gone to the middle. And if you see the messaging he's running in Iowa, it's large. Now, it's, it is a, it's a leftist socialist message. Yeah. But compared to the, the tone and the phrasing of what you're seeing from 
you know, the the women's studies professor uh, running for president, Elizabeth Warren, it's dramatically more conciliatory. It, it's a, He's it's, doing it all for Jesus, Steve. Yes, yeah. it, it's safe. He makes it seem safe. Medicare for all. Yep. Who wants it? He doesn't yeah. bring you the accoutrements of that you tip that are typically associated with homosexuality uh, or that agenda. Like, for example, the um, the Ocasio Cortez video. You don't see any of that. You don't. I don't remember the last time we saw his uh, quote unquote husband on the campaign trail in Iowa. Do you remember the last time we saw him? I don't even. Know I his don't. Name. It's been many, many a moon. Like. Okay, yeah. many, many a moon. Been many months. Um, he's running on, I don't know why we have to take people's healthcare away if that's not what they want. And, and so what, what you're seeing is he's cutting into, he's, he's the one that has best taken advantage of Joe Biden's loss of stature. Now, it'll be fascinating to see how Elizabeth Warren reacts to that right now. And, and remember what I've told you before, the culture of campaigns are all the same. The, the campaigns are not the same with the issues, the candidates, the personalities. They're not the same. But the, the competitive culture within a campaign, they're all the same. And right now, they're struggling at the Elizabeth Warren campaign. And I'm sure they're having an internal dialogue similar to what we did for many months in the Cruz campaign with what to do with Donald Trump as the outlier. Because on one hand, we recognized if we let him get too strong, he might be too strong for us to take him on when it when it's time to go mano a mano. On the other time, on the other hand, we recognized that he was doing us a favor by clearing out a lot of the brush in what was a very crowded field. Okay, and and so we we had to strike a balance there. And then when was the time, you know? And there was and and then we had a debate after Iowa, and I was in the camp that said, no, we got to take him on now. And there were, you know, um, others in the leadership camp that wanted to said, no, we can't take him on until it's us. And that means Marco Rubio has got to go. And then I was like, Marco Rubio will never go because once he leaves, then John Kasich will just take his place. There's there's these guys represent a base of a part of part of their part of their base is a base of this party that's never voting for candidates like us and Donald Trump. So they're going to always have a a candidate, even if they're not as good of a candidate as Marco Rubio. And instead of getting 20 percent, it's John Kasich getting eight or 10. But we're never getting those voters. We're never getting those guys. And it turned out, given the way the process played out, I was right. And the people in my camp were right. Right? Um, they're having that conversation in the Elizabeth Warren campaign right now. Because they're, they're trying... And here's, what, here's the struggle they're having. Joe Biden is still performing very well in national polls. Still has higher name ID. And, and so your concern is, on one hand, Pete Buttigieg is doing you a favor by splitting Joe Biden's centrist, <coughs> centrist Democrat base, right? He is splitting that base. So he's doing, you a, he's doing you a tactical favor right now. On the other hand, though, you don't want to let that go on for too long that people start thinking, I don't know. Maybe a mayor of some podunk town in Indiana could be president. I mean, after all, we just nominated a, you know, a reality TV star. Okay, you don't, and and I don't know their party well enough or their base well enough, but at some point they're going to have to make a pivot in the Warren campaign, and they're gonna they're gonna have to uh, treat him now as their prime directive and not Joe Biden. If this trend line continues, I'm going to tell you right now, forget the national polls. Joe Biden will not survive if he finishes fourth in Iowa. And this is the second poll 
in the month of November we've had with him at fourth place in Iowa. He will not survive. There are four groups that make up the Democratic caucuses in Iowa. You have your hardcore leftist activists like you see on the college campuses, and they are over they they dominate because it's a caucus, not a primary. Uh, you have and 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 there's some bleed over with them in the second group, the AFSME, the teacher unions, the government sector employee union groups, and there's some bleed over there with the college campus activists as well, of course. Then you have uh, your uh, old school, um, you know, rural uh, Democrat uh, that, um, you know, we've called this kind of the Leonard Boswell Democrat base. He was kind of the last, quote unquote, moderate Democrat member of Congress uh, to get elected out of our state. And then you have this fourth group that are your suburbanites. All right. Your progressive suburbanite types. And our friend Bob Vanderplatz was here before he went to Israel and mentioned when he travels around uh, the, the, the suburban places, he sees Pete Buttigieg is very strong there. When you go to the college campuses, Elizabeth Warren is very strong there. And so um, how much strength does that tie into her with that second group, that AFSME government sector group? Because what you're starting to see now is Pete Buttigieg is now beginning to is beginning to build a, a bit a bit of a coalition here. He's got the suburban progressiveites who 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 got so enjoyed convincing the world that they weren't racist by voting for Obama twice. They now need to convince the world they're not homophobes by voting for Pete Buttigieg. That's the group you've been talking about all this year, right? Yep. That's who we're talking about. Yep. They're good. And they're, and you're and you've been right about that group. The question is how many are, of them are there, and then can he grow a base beyond that? What you're seeing now is he's growing a base beyond that, but he's doing it at Joe Biden's expense. And he's beginning to make some of those rural Democrats feel comfortable voting for a gay guy because he doesn't really talk about those issues at all. He, and he's a soldier. Uh, doesn't come at you. He doesn't, doesn't show up in Oskaloosa, Iowa with, with, with a high amount of effeminence because there may be a lot of people in Oskaloosa, Iowa that think that believe in marriage equality but they're not taking their kids to the library and the Oscaloosa library and hosting drag queen story time hour either. You know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. And so he is, he's, he's make, he's beginning to make them feel like you can, if, if you don't believe Joe Biden's up to the task, I mean, the video you had yesterday in our montage, that, that clip is just, it's brutal. I can't even analyze it politically because just on a human level, you're like, make this stop. This, this, this is, he's not well, he cannot do this job. It's embarrassing to watch this. I'm uncomfortable watching it. I'm uncomfortable with it. And, and that's one of the reasons why I didn't bring it up yesterday. I'm, I'm getting increasingly uncomfortable talking about it. And so he is beginning to make inroads now with those rural Iowans that are beginning to think, I don't think Uncle Joe has enough gas in the tank. Right, Uncle, Uncle Joe reminds me of that John, that 78 John Deere, man. I rode that thing around the, around, around the yard for 25 years, but eventually I had to put old Bessie down. All right. And go give me one of those newfangled uh, ones. Okay. That are self-propelled. Okay. <laughs> That's what they're beginning to think. And, and, and along comes Pete Buttigieg. When he goes out to those places, doesn't even talk about his husband or any of these issues. He talks about why would we take your healthcare away if you like your current plan? You know, I'm a soldier. I fought for this country. And, then, and those older rural Iowans are beginning to think, you know, maybe, maybe he ain't a bad plan B here. And at some point, the Elizabeth Warren campaign is going to have to make a tactical decision of when do they pivot from seeing Joe Biden as their primary competition to Pete Buttigieg, if the current trend line continues, if it does. I'll stop there. Thoughts, gentlemen? It's, 
it's really weird because at least from my perspective, just maybe a, a month ago, a month and a half ago, it seemed like this entire process, not just in Iowa, it seemed like this entire process was kind of the Elizabeth Warren Invitational. Maybe I was overthinking that or not thinking that through enough, but it is shocking to see what has developed, developed, especially when it comes to Pete Buttigieg. And I will say just anecdotally, again, anecdotally, the, the number of signs and excitement and just overall energy that I see out in public for Pete Buttigieg, again, we're in Iowa, we can, all, all I can see right now is anecdote, that is, that is up like 300% from what it was. And where, where do summer, you live? In the suburbs. Where do we primarily commiserate? Uh, so the Where's our job? Yeah. Where does in our the, studio in at? In the suburbs. In the suburbs, yeah. yeah. So it is, it, it's definitely a thing, whether this will uh, reverberate Throughout the rest of the early early states, I don't I don't know. I, I kind of doubt that at this point. But if Buttigieg comes away with the strongest second place finish in Democratic caucus history, you know what? Um, this thing might be wide open as far as he goes. Todd, well, it is wide open as far as he goes. Uh, this this speaks to, and you already alluded to it, but the Barna polling that we dis- discussed, uh, th- and this was my why I had a level of confidence for a guy like Buttigieg. I mean, I've been on this for six months. He, there is an absolute vacuum of genuine leadership, and that's why this gay mayor from South Bend, Indiana, can step in and actually look like solid food. I'm telling you, and I've said this all along, as you and I have argued about this over the course of the year, if he were Senator Buttigieg, I think he'd be the unquestioned frontrunner for the nomination right now. You're okay? right. We'll come back. Buy, sell, or hold is next. If you're one of millions of Americans struggling right now in the battle against chronic pain, that's the pain that comes from too much inflammation in the body. Relief might just be one website click away. It's called Relief Factor, a fantastic product that's been a part of my daily regimen for months, ever since I tried uh, the Quick Start uh, several moons ago and saw uh, incredible results. And now it's been a a daily part of my regimen ever since. I mean, I even use it now for post-workout recovery like I did this morning before I came in to do the show. And what I love the most about it is, is not just that it works. There's, there's, there's a lot of good products out there that can help you in this area, but I love the fact that it's hundred percent drug free. So it's all four key, all natural ingredients, but at the same time, it's a formula that was that was created by doctors, by healthcare physicians who can prescribe drugs. So I mean, this you know, not not that these products are always bad, but this isn't just you know some naturalist out there just you know uh, you know putting stuff together. Uh, this is a, this is more than that. This is something that has been hardcore medically researched by medical professionals who want to help your body beat back the pain rather than just prescribing drugs all the time. If you want to give it a shot, see if it works for you, call their bluff. They want to offer this quick start to you now, well below cost, 20 bucks for three weeks, 1995 for three week supply, way below cost to see, do you start seeing those kinds of results? Because they think you're going to, and therefore you're going to come back for more later on. If you want to find out more or you want to try the quick start, go online to relieffactor.com. 
relieffactor.com. That's where you're going to find that quick start for just 20 bucks for three weeks. What do you have to lose for 20 bucks? Except maybe that's a dollar a day, by the way, except maybe finally, hopefully the pain at relieffactor.com. And now it's time for our weekly edition of buy, sell, or hold. This is when our producer, Aaron, with a little help from his friends, you and the audience puts forth a series of predictions, propositions. Todd, you and I will decide, are we buying that? Are we selling that? We might even have a good reason why that might be the case. And in my case, you'll be lucky if I only have one good reason, right? As opposed to 14 of them. All right. Once per episode, we are permitted to put a hold on your uh, on your proposition. But if it's for any reason other than it's complete and total self-evident lameness, then we will be beaten, scourged, scorned, and mocked for violating the dude code by punking out. Aaron. We'll start out with our buddy Konstantinos Rodidis, who needs a ruling on the dude code. As the back-to-back champion of my NFL suicide league, the dude code says I must rub it in my friends' faces during the regular season only, but must stop during the playoffs, especially since Epstein didn't kill himself. <laughs> Perfect. Bye. What's a suicide league? Uh, that is where you have to pick a team Every, and you can't pick the same team more than once. You can't like just pick the Patriots every week they're playing, yeah. you know, the Jets, okay? And so you have you pick a league or a team and you have to pick every team and you pick one team a week and they have to win. And then the first time they lose, you, 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 and it's only one out, right? So, I like it. So that if, if the team you pick loses, then you're out. And so there's a lot of strategy involved, which is pick, you know, a lot of people will try to pick the most, the heaviest, most obvious favorites early on to try and survive for as long as they can, all right? The problem with doing that, though, is um, you get into late in the season and and playoff teams are sitting yeah. players and it can get iffy, all right? And then there's people that try to outsmart the system and think of this is the week. I mean, uh, the Buccaneers are playing the... Uh, you know, the the, the 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 Dolphins at home and hey, the Dolphins my, are tanking and then they turn no. around and lose and you're out, yeah. all right? Or Matt Walsh calling uh, the biggest uh, upset of the, the year so far in the NFL, the Falcons going down and beating the Saints. Yes, yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. They were, what, 13-point underdogs in yep. that game. So that's what, it, that's what a suicide league is. Yeah, Or sometimes they're called survivor pools. Sometimes they're called that. I like it. Yeah. So generally, uh, the dude code, as far as, you know, when you win something, uh, rubbing it in people's faces, you know, is is there any limit to that? Yes. But in this case, the dude code says anything that includes the phrase, especially because Epstein didn't kill himself. Commenso Festival. Valid. Yes. Yeah, yeah you, bought that, your, you bought yourself a couple of months with yeah, that. Yeah, that, that, that's, your, that's your golden ticket in mm-hmm. the dude code when you throw in a, especially because Epstein didn't kill himself. <laughs> All righty, Brad Schick says the Detroit Lions will draft Jake Fromm the first round of the NFL draft. Uh, sell. First of all, I don't think Fromm will come out. I don't. I don't. I, I think the quarterback pool this year is too strong. Too many guys that athletically are way ahead of him. I like Jake Fromm as a player, but uh, these are guys, uh, even a guy like a Jacob Eason at Washington, these are guys athletically to uh, Justin Herbert, uh, Joey Burrow. He's, he's not nearly the athlete any of those guys are. Uh, so I, I could see him waiting next year. The quarterback pool is not as strong. Uh, come back another year. He has not had a, a, an experienced or healthy wide receiver core all year long. They've had uh, suspensions and injuries there. Come back another year with those guys and try to put up good numbers and maybe like Justin Herbert did this past year uh, and try to be the top quarterback in next year's draft. So I don't think he will come out. And secondly, I don't think the Lions will pick a quarterback in the first round. See, that's a more interesting question to me i mean obviously there's some inside baseball there I mean, that staffords have has like mvp numbers the problem is well, the team around him is not good enough well, and he's got a fractured back now well that's 
the point? Like, what? How bad is this injury? I, I, you know, he played with a similar injury. It was just a different fracture in his back all of last year, and you saw his numbers were way down. This year, when he's been healthy, his number, he's. I mean, I think he, his numbers collectively are second only to Russell Wilson among quarterbacks in the NFL this season. I, I can see the Lions saying. You're going to need 10 wins minimum to make the playoffs in the NFC. 10 wins minimum. Minimum. So I, I could see the Lions saying, what is the point? He's still only 32 years old. I know he's been around for 11 years, but he came in the league young. He's only 21. He's still only 32 years old. You know, what is the point of throwing him out there and risking anything serious? We're not going anywhere. Who cares if we're five and, you know, 10 and right. one or we're seven, eight and one. What's the difference other than we got a crappier draft position. So I wouldn't be surprised if we didn't see him much at all the rest of the season. All right. Ted Nuss says the most deter- disturbing thing about Epstein's death is that whoever often knew that they were going to create a major national stir, but they also knew they could get away with it. I think that's plausible. So I'll buy, but I think another scenario is more plausible, uh, and that is the risk of keeping him alive was worth all of whatever would come of it. The risk of keeping him alive. I mean, that first document dump that, dump that came out, and and Prince Andrew's name got mentioned in there, and um, George Mitchell's name got mentioned in there. Who, I mean, he was the face of Senate Republicans a lot of our life, Todd. Um, that first document dump. I mean, that's lethal. That's that's a toxic waste. That's acid rain to the elites. And I don't think it's any coincidence that shortly after that docu-dump, he was dead. So I, I think the more plausible scenario is that whoever offed him decided that the risk of, of any blowback or this coming up far, far was far outweighed by what keep the cost of keeping him alive. But Ted, I think your scenario is also plausible, so I will buy. Oh, it's a both and. You're, you're of course right, but look at what we now know of what ABC and CBS have been doing. Right? They, they knew right. that they had a really good shot at getting away with this because they already. I mean, had think about been. this. Think about this. We didn't connect this these dots when the the Project Veritas thing came out last week, but let's do it now since the topic came up. None of us knew about Prince Andrew's association with this. Until that first unsealing of, of court documents, that first document dump, shortly before Epstein, Epstein didn't kill himself. Nobody knew about this. His name had not come up in any of this stuff. And except ABC News knew. And, and you see, uh, what's her name? Amy Robichaud or whatever? Amy Robach. Robach, okay. Yep. You see her say in the video there from back in August, hey, we knew, we had, we had his name three years ago but we were concerned we were, we were to miss out on getting an interview with the royal family and everything else. Uh, and, and so we squashed it. They knew Prince Andrew's name three years ago. The public had no idea the British royal family was mixed up in this whatsoever until that initial court unsealing, that first docu-dump, and then uh, Epstein was dead shortly thereafter. What other names? Who else is in there that they know about? Right. That, that because there hasn't been a second and third document dump, we don't know about, right? Exactly. Yeah. 
All right. RC in the OC says, undefeated Ohio State and Minnesota meet in the Big Ten Championship. Minnesota wins the Big Ten and makes the playoff. I don't think it's a foregone conclusion anymore that Ohio State is a favorite. Uh, they'll be a favorite, but I don't, I don't think it's a foregone conclusion that they would roll over an undefeated Minnesota team in the Big Ten Championship. I think... Um, I'll sell. You'll sell? I don't think I, Minnesota will be undefeated. Yeah. I, in fact, I'll tell you what game I think they could very well lose. All right? You ready for this? Because this is how college football works. Illinois. It's, it's the, it's, no, they already beat Illinois. Oh, that's right. It's Northwestern in a couple of weeks. You go over to Evanston. Sleepy. Late November, sleepy Evanston. It's 20 degrees. Wind howling off of Lake Michigan, man, outdoors. They don't mow, they, they, they grow that grass, you know, ankle thick. And the wind is howling off of Lake Michigan. So there goes the downfield passing game. Pat, old Patty Fitzgerald drags you down into the muck, the mire, trying to win that game in the pitch. It's a huge sandwich game. You're playing Penn State, Iowa, your big rival, your second biggest rival, then Northwestern, and then your big rival, Wisconsin. And you're a program that's not used to those sorts of expectations. And that's a tough level of emotion to keep each and every week. I think they will drop a game. I don't think they will lose to Iowa this week. I don't think there's much of a chance Jack Cohn is going into that environment and winning a game. Uh, not unless those kinds of conditions are in Minneapolis. And so the passing game is off the table for Minnesota. And then Wisconsin can drag them down into uh, mono man ball and win a game like that. Uh, but there's no way Jack Cohn and the Wisconsin passing game can keep up with what we saw Minnesota do to Penn State throwing the football like that. But a game a game against Northwestern in that environment for a program that's not used to those expectations, I think that's a that's a danger game. So I don't think they'll be undefeated. I do think Ohio State will be undefeated. I think I think Ohio State right now is is playing a different sport than everybody else in the Big Ten is playing. They're, they're, they're not, they're playing a different sport, guys. And I think you've got, you know, it, it, about five years ago, Urban Meyer changed the recruiting at Ohio State. And he started de-emphasizing the, you, you know, getting all those old great Ohio kids and went to more of a national recruiting base uh, to, to, to try to win another national championship. This year's roster is kind of the culmination of that. And then you throw in, they had a five-star quarterback just literally fall right in their laps. And then you throw in um, the motivation of having Urban Meyer leave and everybody kind of doubts you. That kind of gave a program that's used to not having a chip on its shoulder, gave them one. And you put all of those things together now. And I, I just think they're playing, a this year's Ohio State team is playing a different sport. Now, next year's team, they're going to lose a lot of the guys that you're watching playing right now. Justin Fields will be back, and there won't be a lot of familiar faces around him. But we're not playing next year right now, right? We're playing this year. And on this year's team, I think they're playing a different game. So I think they will be undefeated. And the problem Minnesota's going to have in that matchup is they're going to be indoors on a fast track. They're going to want to play the kind of game Ohio State plays, but Ohio State's going to play it with better athletes. And so I, I think that's like a 48-31 kind of a game where Minnesota gets its points and yards, but never really challenges to win it. Yeah. I got nothing against Minnesota and I'll be happy to root for them against Ohio state if they make it that far. But I mean, there's, they're not inevitable by any stretch of the imagination. I love Iowa against 
uh, Minnesota. I mean, this is if Iowa did what they did what two, three years ago to Ohio State. Why, you know, why can't they handle Minnesota this weekend? Uh, I, the, it's, it seems to me, and you throw Northwestern in, I hadn't even thought about them, but I think I, I take the field of Iowa and Wisconsin currently against Minnesota. All righty, moving on. Grant Isaski says, The old hymns and gospel music are better than 99% of modern contemporary Christian music today. Bye. I'll sell. I'm not an old southern gospel hymn person. For every I'll fly away I, there's 15 of those songs and I'm just like, I'm sorry, man. I'm, 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 you know, I'm not going down to Louisiana with a banjo on my knee. It's not my cup of tea. I didn't, I, I, I you know, I almost, I'm, I almost, um, uh, deported Robert Plant for doing music with Alison Krauss. I'm just not into that. I'm, I, I, you know, Ricky Skaggs gospel, not my thing. You know, I, some of the, the newer, newer stuff with contemporary Christian music, can be very vapid. I totally agree with that. All right. But, you know, I, I will take some uh, Mercy Me and Casting Crowns every day and 73 times on Sunday compared to the Gaither Gospel Hour as old oh, man yells at crowd. No, you didn't. Yes, I did. No, you didn't. As millennial now yells at cloud. Holy cow. Yeah. I did that. Todd doesn't what? have a freaking clue what we're talking about. Things. What Todd's over there counting Gregorian chants. He doesn't know what we're talking about. The gate. You, you. Yeah, not my thing, man. Unless you're just going to play. I, unless you're just going to play. I, I'll fly away the entire hour. Okay, but after I, that song, I, the rest of it is just like, dude. I, I didn't. I didn't like Hee Haw either. But I, thank you. I, I stand amazed. Oh, good grief. Do you stand in awe? I stand in awe. Given the subject matter. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Wow. This is what. Now, if you want to talk like some old hymns, the old stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Like, because I thought he was talking like Southern gospel stuff, right? No, just old hymns slash gospel music. Okay. If we're talking like like how great thou art. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And stuff like that. Well, I mean, you're talking about stuff of eternal significance. Yes. All right. That's, we're not, that's like comparing. I'm still a little disturbed. You take mercy me over Gaither. Okay. But, but I, okay. I thought we were talking like, you know, Southern gospel stuff. Not, not my bad. This is why you guys kept fracturing after the Reformation, man. It's exactly. There's a a lot of truth to it, by the way. That almost every study has confirmed the top two reasons evangelicals will leave a church has nothing to do with doctrine. It's music, worship style, and dress code are, are almost always the top two reasons in these surveys. Have been for years. Worship style, meaning kind of music and dress codes. Yeah. Do you have any fractures like this, Todd, in the Catholic Church? Oh well. We have squabbles like this, but they don't do what yeah. they do in your backyard. Yeah, yeah like I, I don't, I don't understand the whole debate over how to dress to worship a Lord who, most of the days he was on this earth, wore a glorified bathrobe with barefooted sandals. But I, I mean, I, I mean, if, if you know, showing up uh, casual to you puts you in the mood to worship, cool. If you know, wearing your Brooks Brothers, you know, does that for you, cool. I don't see the point in and just cutting each other's throats over it but you know whatever we don't have time for this when we're busy throwing pachamama into the river (laughs) (laughs) perfect very nice well played uh one more real quick uh tim says tim says don jr is more conservative than two-thirds of the republican party in dc he's a better politician i I have no way to answer that because i don't know him but i'll i'll 
I'll say this. I'll buy for this reason. And I think you're even underselling this part of the reason I'm going to give. He is more willing to defend cultural position or, or conservative positions on issues that, that most of us care the most about. He's more willing to do it in public forums than 97%. Two thirds is too low. You're, 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 you're give, still giving the GOP too much credit than all of about 3% of the people in the Republican party. I'll say that. I mean, we, we had to drag the governor of Texas kicking and screaming into, into, into stopping a boy from getting castrated last month. All right. I mean, Don Jr. is out there talking about that stuff three seconds after it happens. So I, what, 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 where he's at at his core, I've never met him. I don't know him. When, when Trump used to, was trying to solicit my support to run for president, I never met any of his children. Jared Kushner's name never came up. I didn't know, uh, I didn't know what a Hope Hicks was. never even met her. You know, I only dealt with, dealt with Rona, Rona Graf and Trump himself and, and Sam Nunberg. I never met uh, Michael Cohen, never met any him at all. All right. So that that part of Trump world, I don't know that very well. I don't know where he's at at his core. But based on what I've seen, his willingness to 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 pick fights. Yeah, he's he's a, he's ahead of 97 percent of the Republican Party. Now, it's a matter. I don't know what his motivations are, but we'll learn those over time. The more exposure he gets. I appreciate that answer, but I will sell because if we're framing it this way, uh, that word clearly has no damn meaning anymore. Conservative. It just doesn't. Yeah, and just real quick, I know he's not a politician, but his political instincts is what I mean. They're better than I think. Oh, there's no question about that. The Republican Party. Now, one of the re- let me tell you one of the reasons you have good political instincts I've learned over the years is because you have the right politics. It's tough to have the right political instincts and not and, and go out there and say and do things consistently you don't really believe. It's tough to it's tough to be good at stuff you don't really believe in. You know, it's tough. We'll come back. Hour two more buy seller hold is next. And we're back with Hour 2, live and on demand on Blaze TV, radio, and podcast. I'm Steve Dace. If you are listening to us today via the podcast, if you wouldn't mind leaving us a five-star review wherever you podcast from, thank you, because the more of those we get, the better this show does. Thank you to the thousands of you that left those for us already. 888-900-3393 is the number. 888-900-3393. Steve at stevedace.com is how you can email the program. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. Before you get into a really competitive real estate market right now with plunging mortgage rates and an economy still going strong, make sure you first sign up with a real estate agent you can trust. Don't take for granted that those are easy to find. And that's why realestateagentsitrust.com was started in the first place. Started by Glenn Beck and some of his uh, business associates who grew tired of real estate agents who talked a good game, but then didn't deliver the results that they were promised when it came time. And what's different about this than other referral services is those are often about helping agents finding clients. This one is about uh, finding an, an agent worthy of having you for a client. Somebody whose track record of success has been fully vetted, as has been their knowledge of marketing in the market that you're looking to buy and or sell. Uh, and, and someone who gets what professional courtesy is all about. This is a very relational process between you and your agent. The better the rapport, uh, 
the more likely it will be successful. So if you want to find a real estate agent that you can trust, just go to this website, realestateagentsitrust.com. Again, that's realestateagentsitrust.com. At the bottom of the hour, our good friend Daniel Horowitz, our weekly prophet of woe and lamentation will be here. But until then, we continue on, Aaron, with Buy, Sell, or Hold. All right, we'll move on. Millennial Falcon says the only acceptable way to eat mashed potatoes without gravy is with sweet peas, a.k.a. English Sell. peas, Sell. mixed in with them. You lost me at peas. One of the most vile, one of the most vile substances on this planet. Love peas. Hate them. Love them. With unbridled passion. If you want to see, what's it, what, what is spontaneous vomiting? Open a can of peas or a can of spinach. And put it in front of my face. The very smell. I'm. I'm. I'm it's gonna look like that scene in. Um, you uh, like green the, beans. The, the Will Wheaton scene. In uh, what? In Stand, Stand by, by me. me. That's what it's gonna look like around here. Do you like yeah. green beans? They have to be the fresh kind. They can't be canned. Okay. Because I'm, I, I can't stand green beans. I mean, I can tolerate them if they're, if they're fresh and then they're in some sort of cold yep. salad. Yep. I can't stand that's the same with me. Beans. Yep. Now here's I the love thing. peas though. I, you know, I, I like spinach lettuce. Right. I don't, I don't mind like spinach dips. Okay. But canned spinach is vile. North Korean dissidents refuse to eat it. That's how bad it is. All right. They, they choose starvation, and peas are not far behind. Not far behind. That's wonderful five-year-old boy input right there. That's uh, Sooner or later, we got to eat our vegetables, brother. I mean, this is... Put it this way. I eat plenty of vegetables. I just don't eat those. They're so bad. You guys ready for this? Mm. I would not even eat them encased in chocolate. That's how bad they are. Really? Yeah. Pumpkin spiced? I w- not even pumpkin spice so there is can a save... There is a limit to pumpkin spice. I, I would give it a shot. Maybe for you it'll work. I still believe in pumpkin spicing all of the things. But for me, not even pumpkin spice. But this is the food, canned spinach is the food equivalent of blaspheming the Holy Spirit. There is no redemption. Todd, what do you think? I don't even remember the question anymore. The only, the only <laughs> acceptable way to eat mashed potatoes without gravy is with sweet peas. Well, it's a that's an odd fetish. I mean, I'd game. I would try <laughs> that's it. An odd fetish, fetish is a good word for it. Um, yes, that was not a phrase I expected to hear on this show. I mean, just butter and salt and pepper, outstanding. I love gravy. Throw in some peas, sure, some like, corn. The, the best kind of garlic mashed potatoes garlic mash, don't even yeah. need a gravy. Yeah, they're good on their own. Garlic mash are wonderful. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's. I mean, yes. If if given that choice, garlic mash over peas. Yeah. Uh, Michael Lacey says, in the next 20 years, a candidate self-identifying as a communist will make a major challenge for the Democratic nomination. Give it 10 years. I'll buy. I, I thought about selling because I'm not sure it will take that long. Yeah. But um, I'll, I'll buy. Sure. Yeah. Buy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we'll be talking about this later on, so we'll maybe treat this as a bit of a promo. Aaron Reale says, the Astros will face no major punishment for electronically stealing signs in 2017, despite having a former member of the team confirm it. Um, I will sell. I, I didn't. Didn't they get punished for this, or was it the Cardinals or the Cardinals them? got? Uh, yeah. I think the Cardinals got punished. For yeah, like I, I mean, they're not gonna like vacate a World Series, but I mean, I could see draft picks and stuff like that taken away. You yes. bet. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. All right. Uh, MJ Ben says true conservatives should stop using the term rhino, which implies there is virtue in the name Republican. We don't use rhino. Much yeah, I don't anymore. even. Yeah, I, I, I'll buy just because I don't even use the term itself really anymore 
I think it's, you know, what, and I began making this pivot when I, when I wrote Rules for Patriots when it was published in 2014 and we introduced the term Republicrat. We're beyond the rhino, you know, the, the East Coast liberal Republican who just became a Republican because they, they weren't good enough to make it on the Team Democrat roster in New Jersey or Massachusetts. Um, you're in the era now of the Republicrat, the, the one who, who, you know, the Mitch McConnell who shows up at, at CPAC waving an AR-15, the ones who know the talking points you want to hear, and then they go to Washington and do absolutely, after you elect them on those talking points, nothing them with them, nothing with them. That, that's the era that you're in now. But so I, I think rhino just in and of itself is an extinct term. I'll sell because I think the bigger question I already alluded to it is I think the one we might need to jettison is conservative. I don't. That's where the the real meat is. The other stuff is just kind of uh, an asterisk on this whole thing. Well, does that is that word have any genuine utility uh, anymore? I mean, we're having these debates: Sorab versus French, things like that. And Sorab recently, you know, or just yesterday, you know, he he threw Thomas Jefferson uh, under the bus in what I thought was a, a jump the shark moment. Uh, I mean, it, it, we are. This we're, is why we're flailing. this is we're the flailing. danger of getting involved in these kinds of personality conflicts, yeah. and and this is why when this thing first emerged six months ago, you know, and I was like, um, no. But we're having these debates not because this, of Rhino, it's yeah, because I, of conservative. I, yeah, I can see this as a proxy for the same people that are pissed. You didn't vote for Trump as many times and enthusiastically oh. as I did, or you didn't abstain from voting for Trump as many times and enthusiastically as I did. You don't love my monkey. You don't hate my uh, shibboleth, uh, it, right? And, and that's what it, I knew it, 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 it's devolved to that. And, and I saw what he put out there about Thomas Jefferson, absolutely ridiculous, because he's offering you... Uh, what's it? And I always forget his name. I want to pronounce it correctly because he's with First Things, right? Sarab Amari, that's his yeah. name, correct? He's offering what he said about Thomas Jefferson. <clears throat> ironically, it's the same false choice that David French types want to offer you with Donald Trump. Yes, except you know Thomas Jefferson. Actually, you wouldn't have America without him. You know, we can debate what, what how much nobility is in the Trump presidency. What is not in dispute is this thing you call America would not exist without one Thomas Jefferson. That, that's not even in dispute. And, and it's the same false choice. It's because he was a bad person in this area that I, I just, I can't accept that he did any good at all. Are, are, you, are you a good person in every area of your life, Todd Erzin? No. Aaron McIntyre, are you a good person in every area of your life? No. If we followed Steve Dace around, if we went through the, the recesses of Steve Dace's mind, Think that you might find some things you're ashamed of and he's ashamed of and wished we did not come to the fore. And how about that for all of you watching right now? That is a false choice, all right? The, the, the issue isn't that Thomas Jefferson owned slaves, therefore what he wrote in the Declaration of Independence is invalid. If that's what you believe, and that's essentially what he asserted, right? If that's what you believe, then why the hell are you fighting to conserve Americana at all since a lot of it came at the end of his quill? Why are we doing this at all? What's the point of any of this whatsoever then? It's, it's, it, it's just dumb. It's just dumb. And, it's, and, it, and this always happens when these things, because when you make it about personalities, eventually the personalities are going are to say to themselves, this is actually about me. Mm-hmm. And, it, and, and it never was. It was never about Sorab Amari and David French. It was supposed to be about what we thought they symbolized. But what you're, learn, what you're eventually going to learn is whenever you make it about personalities, you, same, it, people have made this mistake with Donald Trump. I just like me some Trump. All right, so now he's out there, hey, we need a deal, with, we need a deal on Dreamers, so that's great. 
And and now you're watching Michelle Malkin, who is one of his first enthusiastic supporters because she's been an immigration hawk her whole career. And now she's getting trashed by daring to say, hey, I don't, I don't, I don't, I thought I was voting for a no amnesty president. Now you're going to give it to me? Well, the, 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 the issue is it's not that. Uh, that that they're upset that Michelle Malkin is 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 an OAMnesty conservative. They're upset that she is stepping on their idol. That's what they're upset about. Why don't you love me some Trump as much as I do? And that's the same thing that this has become. I, I thought the thing he sent about Jefferson yesterday was was just frankly beyond so dumb. I, I didn't even bother to address it. It's the kind of crap that that I get from like high school kids and college students who discovered for the first time that humans are sinful and, 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 their, and their social justice warrior history prof in freshman U.S. history informed them that Thomas Jefferson may have impregnated Sally Hemming. And you're just like, really? My parents raised me on the church of the founding fathers. I, I thought for sure Thomas Jefferson never, never did a bad thing his whole life, and now you're telling me he's a complicated human being? I guess that means America must suck now. Isn't that what it sounded like? Oh, I gosh, I thought it was dumb. And now that we're even talking about it, it's pissing me off. But that's because, come back to the point of what we started. It's because it's not Ryan of any. It's it's about the term conservative, and that has become so flaccid. When on, you have on this wing, you have Sorab. On the other wing, you you have David French saying the price of freedom is transgender story hour. What, what, now, Sorab says the, the, center- price of, the price of freedom is we just erase yeah. from memory the guy who actually exactly. wrote the mission it's, statement that gave it to us. And this is just stupid. And these are undeniably smart, undeniably. talented. Yep. People and we're getting this from them. So because what, it always what, comes down to you. That's why. And and that is why I live in Iowa. That's why we're not in the cool kids club. I'm not interested in any of that. I I never have been. I was never I was never afforded that luxury growing up. We were a transient family. We moved too often. I was the new kid in school all of the time. You know, and then the one time when we settled in when I was in high school and I got in with the popular kids, I ended up spending most of my senior year dating a nerdy girl they wouldn't even let sit at our table because she wasn't part of the clique. I'm just wired. I I I I not only don't care about this stuff, I loathe it. Meaning when you show it to me, even if I agree with you, I have a natural tendency to push back on it. Because I I, I saw kids who weren't as good at me, good as me, play on the basketball team over me. Because their older brothers were good, and their daddy was was a was a you know we used to sit in the stands and and bully uh, coaches and players when his kid didn't get to play. I hate this crap. I don't I don't I'm not in your clique. I'm not joining. What faction am I in? I'm not in. I'm not not yours is my answer. What, what's my theology theological tribe? Not yours. That's my answer. What's my eschatology? Not yours. That's my answer. Anytime you come at me with these labels or names or whose side are you on, not yours. That's my answer. Now, if you want to ask me about a proposition of truth and whether I think it's true or you want to ask me a philosophical assertion and whether I agree with it, I will discuss that with you until the cows come home. But the minute you tell me, what do you think of my monkey? Now's the time on sprockets when we're canceled, when we stop. All right. No, no, I'm not joining your club. I don't care. No, I'm not doing it. You're not worth the baggage. None of you are. And neither am I. None of us are worth the baggage. None of us are. Now, here's the thing, too. 
just because I think what Sarab Amari posted about Thomas Jefferson yesterday is beneath the dignity of full motor function doesn't mean that I suddenly think that everything he said before and his disagreements with David French is null and void. I still agree with much of that. You know why? Because I agree with you when I agree with you. And I don't agree with you when I don't. It doesn't matter whether I agreed with you 10 minutes ago or don't 10 minutes from now. It doesn't matter where you went to college. It doesn't matter what your favorite team is, favorite color, what your food preferences are. I don't freaking care. I don't care what your position on Donald Trump was today. I don't care what it'll be 10 minutes from now. I don't care what it was two years ago. I don't care what it was six months ago or six months from now. Here's what I care about. Do I think you're right? And if you are, I'll do whatever I can to help you. And if I think you're wrong, I won't. That's it. Now, that's a prescription to not having a lot of friends, but I made my peace with that a long time ago. I missed the part where you uh, said what your eschatology. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> Constitutional Trist says Trump will win greater than 10% of the African-American vote in 2020. What did he get last time? I want to say it was like eight or nine. Oh, I'll buy. I'll buy. But I, I don't think it'll be much more than that. But I think, and very often a Republican doesn't even get that. But I don't think it'll be much more than that. I think the bigger issue will be black voters that the Democrats may leave on the side of the road like they did in 2016. That may be a bigger issue. I think that's I think that's the ticket right there. Todd Zaffel says the NHL has the best logos, followed by the NFL. Major League Baseball is third, and the NBA has the worst logos. Um, I'll buy on the NBA the worst. I'll buy, and I mean what they're doing now with the corporatism. It just it's I don't whatever man. Total buy on that. The logos, just the picture, not the logos. name. Yeah, is that I, what we're what? talking about? When you look at the the Blackhawk, the Red Wing. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I might go with that, okay? I might buy that, all right? Now, here's the thing with Major League Baseball. It shouldn't be third. If we were just lining up the logos Major League Baseball ran, and I know now I'm going to go old man, yell at cloud, okay? But if we lined up the logos of the 70s and the 80s, would, would those be the third best set of logos in professional sports today? No. No. The, the Phillies logos and branding in the 70s and 80s compared to now, it's not even freaking close. It's so much better. The Astros, so much better. It's not even close. Okay? It's not even close. And I think that's the the issue more than anything else is they have, they've they've made some really, what I would call BYU level of dumb uniform changes. Like why BYU ever went away from those powder baby blues of the Lavelle Edwards era, I have no idea. If I was a BYU fan, if I ever showed up at a game there in Provo and they're wearing those dark uniforms or the really gnarly ones that are like Maryland, Maryland ugly that they were wearing 15, 20 years ago, I'd walk out and protest. All right. Denver Broncos made a similarly stupid uniform move. Those are the two dumbest uniform moves in football with BYU and the Denver Broncos going away from their traditional looks of, 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 of the era. Um, but baseball has too many franchises that have done that. Way too many. Why the Pirates have ever gone away from the We Are Family era, do you know why? Why, if you're the Orioles, you wouldn't wear those Brooks Robinson, Frank Robinson oranges? Why you wouldn't wear those? I mean, those uniforms, the way that they used to look in Major League Baseball is dramatically better, collectively. You even think we the Pirates today. old baseball hats? Oh, the, yeah. Like the square. Well, yeah. Really? The Kent mm. you betcha. Yeah. Yeah, I'm totally uh-huh. in. I mean, the, the, the old Reds, 
just the bright white, the red trim, and the and this and oh, the yeah. giant C yeah. compared to what they're wearing now. Tell me, ma- name a name a recent Major League Baseball uniform switch that's an improvement. Has there been one? Well, clearly not with the Brewers. Not, clearly not with the Brewers. The, the Braves. You think they they look better now than they did in the Dale Murphy era? No, I can't think of a single Major League Baseball uniform switch that was an improvement. Not a single one. And, and now someone's going to email me one and we'll find one. I'm sure somewhere there was one. But I, I off the top of my head, I cannot think of... And I'm not... Don't send me like the Rays and the Marlins. Okay, we're, I'm ta- we're talking traditional vintage franchises here. All right? Um, I, I can't think of a single uniform switch that anybody's gone to that's better than the way they looked in the 80s and 90s. I mean, the teams like the Rays and the Marlins and those teams weren't around then. On this topic, for the remainder of the time, top 25 logos in all of sports. You guys ready for oh, this? Did okay. you just go and find this right now to troll me? Nope. While I was talking. You had this plan, pre-planned? Mm-hmm. I don't believe that. This right. is going to break him. It's going to be good. Yes, Buckle it, up, it, it people. Like, going to break him. I will tell you on the, on the broader list, uh, the Indiana State Sycamores are on there. Uh, Michigan is nowhere to be found, so... Do you know how much pumpkin spice I'm going to have to ingest after we go through this list? Wait, so top 25, all of sports. This is pro and college? Yep. Yep. American. Oh, that's why and, is the, that... and the block M is not there. Yep. What? And I don't think Indiana so. Indiana State unless Sycamore missed, Unless is. I missed it. What? That's so why are we doing the block why, M? Why, why are we doing this? Number 25. Because it's like an iconic logo. No, it's not. Number 25, the New York Knicks. I'm just selling everything. I've got... Uh, In protest. What, I don't... Since I can't even... Th- like, what... The Knicks have been bad for so long. Like, I'm totally fine. It's arguably the most iconic logo in collegiate sports, but I'm fine if you don't think it's one of the 25 greatest ever. But the fact that Indiana State is on the list. The Black M is not, the wing helmet is iconic. I'm not arguing that. The fact that it's not on the list, but the Indiana State Sycamore is. To me, this, I'm just selling on everything. Sell. Yeah, I think. Sell them all. Sell them all. Any, 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 New York Yankees sell. I'm selling them all. What's the Knicks logo? Okay. Oh, good grief. Can you see that? Oh, that's it? Sell. Yeah. Uh, Number 24. Sell. (laughs) Number 24, the Austin P. Governors. (laughs) Sell. Who did this? Sell. Who did this? Keep going. I want to get through this. Whoever did this should require, should, 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 should be imposed gender reassignment surgery. Who did this? Did you, uh, Chase Young? Is that the name? Chase, no, Chris Chase. Chris Chase. Who's he with? Fox Sports. Yeah. Does he know what the Did term you? iconic means? Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's sponsored by Massengill. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, number 23, the Edmonton Oilers. Sell. What? The- there you go. <laughs> so- See, folks, this is why you got to get a subscription to the show. I'm flashing these up on screen so Todd can see them. Thank you. At this point, I'd rather also, have Pete Buttigieg flashing me. So. Oh, boom, ching. Uh, number 22, the, Phil- Phil- <laughs> the Philadelphia Flyers. Well, at least we're now have a real conversation. Yeah, bye. That's a real. That's a good logo. Stand- yeah. That's a real good logo. Number 21, the Sell. Cor- uh, <laughs> he catches me off guard every time. Uh, the, uh, the Cornell. Big red. <laughs> it's this is. It's not. If he had said like the coolest, then we could have a conversation because there's a lot of really cool ones from schools you've never heard of. This is iconic. 
Now I have to actually go back and agree with Steve, which I hate. I want this to break him. I don't want to like, assist oh, this him. Is a, this. this is not breaking me. It is affirming me right now. What is? Well, it I is know. affirming my That's spite. That's my point. This is yes. disappointing. This iconic has a, words have meaning. No, they don't. That's true. Uh, number 20, the Buffalo Sabres. Sell. I like that one, um, but based on the standards we're going by. This I, list has has yeah. Anna Navarro levels of integrity. Oh, that's 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 it's, cutting uh, deep. Yeah, and that's not better than the Flyers, so I'll sell. Uh, number 19, the Milwaukee Bucks. Sell. sell. You know that. The logo. Bucks? Yeah. Sell. In I would sell All of too. sports? I like it, but it's sell. Number 18, sell. the Cannes. <laughs> Push past it. We're going to get to the end. We will. Aaron, stay on target. He's just so determined. <laughs> Number 18, the Kansas Jayhawks. Uh, uh, that's good. Yeah, it should be higher, though. <laughs> Number 17. Sell. Sell. Steve's breaking has broken, Aaron. Pittsburgh Steelers. That's Bye. a good logo. That's a really good logo. <laughs> What's coming? Number 16, the Golden State Warriors. Sell. <laughs> <laughs> no one who no one knew they had a basketball team so the, so 10 years just, ago. Apparently Fox Sports allows 11-year-olds to write articles for them, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh number 15. Sell. <laughs> the New York Islanders. Sell. Sell, yeah. In what universe is that a better logo than the Philadelphia Flyers? In what universe do you think? What what, what universe is that? I've already begged that question. Yeah, it's it's certainly not anywhere in the multiverse. It's not in this dimension. No. Um, number fourteen, Sell. Pittsburgh Pirates. Sell. Bye. Number thirteen, the Calgary Flames. Sell. Sell. Oh. I've so. always liked that one, but in all of sports, most iconic, no sell. So. I love the old uniforms they wore in the '80s with the red and the and the gold for like the flames for the trim. Yeah, yeah. Those were, and they had some good teams in the late '80s, early '90s Does too. The yeah. word "iconic" have different meaning in the hockey universe or in Canada? It means something different when fifth graders are writing the story. Is apparently that's what's uh, that's who's doing this for uh, for Fox Sports. Um, the Green Bay Packers are in at number 12. Sell. Bye. It should be higher. Should be higher. Uh, number 11. Sell. The Boston Bruins. Is it a, it's a, it's a bear. No, it's just that one. Well, that's, that's one of the best hockey ones. I like it. But more, well, more than the Packers. So sell. Uh, number 10, the New York Mets. There's way too much going on here. Sell. Way too much. Yeah. That's, that's not one of the best logos of all time. Number nine, I think this one is right, the Boston Celtics. Sell. Buy. Sell. You're still selling, Steve? I'm selling everything. Okay. <laughs> yeah. to, the, to the last. To the last. Yes. Uh, number eight, North Carolina. <laughs> Tar Heels. Sell. <laughs> Buy. Yeah. Uh, okay, this one I think is actually right, too. Number seven, the Toronto Maple Leafs. Sell. It's a good logo. It is a good logo. It's it's the best hockey one, I think. Uh, number six, the Detroit Red Wings. Sell. Sell. Gosh, he's even, look at how, even on his beloved yeah. no, Detroit No, my, my spite Wings. will not be denied. Sell. Yes. 
Could this list be remedied if no. you find out that the Michigan Block M is number one? Despite everything we've seen so far? It shouldn't be number one. But could it it, be remedied? It it, it should be in the top 25, but even if it's not, the fact that Indiana State is on the list and it's not indicates that this list has Ebola. It's a terrible list. It's terrible. It has no integrity. It's Anna Navarro Navarro and CNN married together. It might be the worst list we've ever had. It's that terrible. And that's saying something. Terrible. Yes, uh, it is the worst list we have ever had. Yeah. It's terrible. Number yes. five, New York Yankees. Sell. Sell. Yeah. Uh, number four, the Miami Hurricanes. Sell. Sell. Not better than the Yankees. Does That's, anybody believe the Miami Hurricane logo? Does, does anybody who's not um, who's who's not ten or younger and live on South Beach? believe the Miami Hurricane logo is more iconic than the New York Yankees. And I mean, anybody. Anybody else on planet Earth. Anybody. He works for Fox Sports. Except for this idiot that works for Fox Sports. Yes. Number three, Major League Baseball. Buy. Sell. Yeah. You sure about that, Steve? Yeah, I'm sure. Okay. So. Uh, number two. Sell. This Sell. Texas Longhorns. <laughs> it's a great one. This is just insane. Over the New York so Yankees. I'm, I'm Over the New York Yankees. Okay. Sell. Oh, Sell. Mercy. Tough crowd. Selling again. Number one. Number one. Sell. The block. Just kidding. Uh, it's the Dallas Cowboys. Buy. The Sell. Buy. Yeah, you got to buy Sell. that. Sell. You got to buy that, Steve. That's, that, still... that, that list is terrible. Are you sure? Yeah. yeah I'm very sure. Yeah. Okay. Because you were kind of beating around the bush there for a little bit. I could be more blunt if you would like. Uh, number 30 was the Oakland Raiders. Number Sell. 29, Winnipeg Jets. That's a cool, that's a cool logo. So. Uh, number 28, the Indiana State Sycamores. 27, Cleveland Browns. And 26, the Buffalo Bills. Here's a good, here's the thing. An old friend of mine is the head coach at Indiana State, Greg Lansing. No kidding. Yeah, former Iowa assistant coach under Steve Alford. I promise you he does not believe. I, I, I could just text him right now. Greg, do you guys have the, what number was it? Do I have? I'm sorry. What it was number, number was, 28. Do you guys have the 28th best, uh, most iconic logo in the history of sports? And the basketball coach in Indiana State's going to text me back and say no. I promise. No. I love our logo, but no, we're not 28th greatest in all of sports. Every sport ever? No. We're not. That list is terrible. And and I got to tell you, I'm. if it weren't for the fact that I know you're pretty laced up with fentanyl right now, I would wonder what is wrong with you that you brought this to my program? This has been the most fun 15 minutes, I think, in the last two or three weeks on the show. We have our first confirmed evidence of Aaron's post-wisdom tooth-pulling opioid addiction. The fact that he thought that this list was worthy of being bantered about on this radio program. He is, he is opioid addicted. Todd, your thoughts? Well, it was worth it. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Buy, sell, hold... Is, do you, uh, is do you try to find the no. worst lists? Do you uh, try? Yes, sometimes. I would, I would respect it if you tried. Do, I, honestly, Steve, do I look like a guy with a plan? Also, can I have a raise? <laughs> you look like a guy that doesn't know what the word timing means. You look like that. We'll come back. Our weekly prophet of woe and lamentation, Daniel Horowitz, will join us here next. Stay tuned. <laughs> 
If you're struggling to reach your weight loss goals, give Riduzone a shot because your body was made to crave and conserve calories, which means after too much time going against uh, healthy eating and packing on the pounds. Now, when you try to, it can be difficult. Thankfully, there is a molecule that your creator put in your body. It's called OEA. And what it does, is it sends a signal from the belly to the brain to, the brain, to let the brain know when you're full. And it's time for the brain to do its thing from a metabolic uh, digestive standpoint. Unfortunately, though, when you do ignore it for a long time, like just about anything else, when you abuse it, it just kind of stops working the way it's supposed to. And that's where Riduzone comes in. All it is, is OEA. Uh, That's why it's FDA accepted, vegan-friendly, gluten-free. It's not loaded with any kind of chemicals or fillers, additives, preservatives, stimulants of any kind. It's just an attempt to boost your OEA in your body with more OEA so you can naturally control your cravings and your portion sizes, especially with all the great food that's out there this time of year as well. Let's face it. With that amount of temptation, willpower is not going to take not going to take uh, uh, for a long term basis. That's where Riduzone comes in because it's not about what you're eating, but how much. Riduzone is the natural way to help get control of your appetite. You want to give it a shot? Three month supply for thirty percent off if you use my name, Steve, as the promo code at riduzone.com. R I D U Z O N E riduzone.com let's go to our weekly prophet of woe and lamentation daniel horowitz good to see you my friend how are you it's great to be with you steve but i think i'm in the wrong profession all right well let's find out because our audience needs your help because I, i this is this is absolutely true i literally found out we were having the conversation here in the studio todd and aaron i literally found out five minutes before we went on the air today that there was a there was a televised impeachment proceeding in the house. I, I did not even know this. I found out, I, 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 you know, I get ready to go, get prayed up before the show. I'm five minutes before it starts. I always ask Todd on the way out the door, any breaking news? And he's like, you know, just the uh, you know, impeachment proceeding in the house day. I stopped dead in my tracks. I'm like, I had no idea there was an impeachment proceeding televised in the house. Today. I literally did not know this. So I have not been able to offer my audience anything in the way of analysis or updates. Thankfully, though, we got you here. All right, so to take us inside politics, you demand. I'm going to give it, hand it over to you. You've got the forum. Go ahead, Daniel, your thoughts. Steve, it, it's like being struck by lightning. You probably found the only man in this entire profession that didn't watch it. And worse than that, I'm the only nerd in this world who was confronted with a choice. The House had the impeachment trial. The Senate Homeland Security Committee had a hearing on immigration, the cartels, asylum, you know, interior enforcement, they had the head of USCIS, CBP, deputy head of I, and um, I chose the latter. And I think what's what's amazing, Steve, is that at this hearing that no one watched, of course, except for me, <laughs> you know what happened? Senator Ron Johnson and the CBP commissioner, Mark Morgan, said that So we had record immigration for a year under the Trump administration. After taking over a year to finally take a modicum of our no-brainer advice, they did it. And, you know, it's really uh, tailed off by 75-80%. You know what they said? That Jay Johnson, okay, Obama's secretary of the Department of Homeland Security, once said that if we hit 1,000 illegal immigrants apprehended per day that's a bad day that day that we get a thousand is a bad day guess what we're down 80 percent from last year under trump we're at 1400 
We're past Jay Johnson's bad day. That was the point that I took away from that hearing. And to bring this full circle, Steve, what I'm thinking here is, you know, we're all fighting over a carcass, over something, as you noted, that unlike in the 90s, no one even, as I said in your show a couple of weeks ago, understands what the it is. But here's the thing. The left wins no matter what. So while we're sitting and having a brawl in the stands with the pom-poms of the concession stands, every single play the left wants to make, there is not a single person running defense on that field. If it's crime, crime is worse than ever with criminal justice. If it's immigration, they do what they want. If it's the judiciary, they do what they want. I mean, this is what I just, I guess I'm in the wrong profession. I mean, I got in this profession to change the country, you know, for, for the better. And I'm realizing that's not what this is about. I mean, I, I frankly think our colleagues love this impeachment because it gives gives them content. Well, if, if we didn't have this impeachment that no one really understands, we'd have to under we'd have to decipher the president's tweeting on immigration policy, which also no one I have discovered yet understands. Maybe you understand it. I don't get it. I don't understand why he keeps noting how many criminals are in these uh, are in this dreamer community. And then says that's why we have to cut a deal for them to stay. He has tweeted something along these lines at least twice now. I have seen so far this week. Do you do you know? I I I I'm, I'm SMRT smart man. I I can't figure it out. I'm not smart enough. Do you know what 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 he is saying? I don't understand. I don't know. You know, I, I, again, I'm not trying to defend Trump here, but Steve, I I, I have trouble blaming him. Because I think I don't know whether to defend or blame him. I don't understand what he's saying. I'm asking, what no, what, I, what does it mean? No, no, no. Well, I'm answering. He's a reflection of the conservative movement. I mean, Steve, could could you explain what the conservative movement stands for? I mean, the the left is bad. Getting they on Fox News. Really, Getting on Fox they News. They want to do some really bad stuff. But how about that criminal justice reform? Source is horrible. How about some criminal justice reform? I, I mean, that, that that that's what our colleagues are like every day. Uh, they, they they say one thing and then they do another thing that is 180 degrees diametrically opposed to what they're saying, which is fighting the left. But we're helping the left. I mean, Steve, riddle me this. Your governor there in Iowa, mm-hmm. one of our biggest priorities I saw this week is to allow felons to vote so Democrats could um, take a state that, you know, was starting to move more red in the presidential year um, to undo that work. I mean, so I don't, it's I don't understand like it. She's, she's actually been, a, I, you know, I was very skeptical of her having, having known her for years. She's been a terrific governor. I, and, and that's like, I texted you when you brought this up to me yesterday. I, all I can think of, maybe she doesn't want to be governor anymore. So Democrats can't beat her. So she's like, only way I can get out of here is just to register more Democrat voters. I mean, otherwise I'm going to be governor for life here. And, and that's the thing. I mean, Trump doesn't focus too much on policy and when he does, he's not that consistent. But grading on a curve, he probably does it more so than the smart conservatives in conservative think tanks, conservative media. It doesn't exist. I mean, I think it's time we come to grips with the fact that President Trump is a reflection of the conservative movement, which is non-existent. I think if you had a conservative movement, Trump would be miles better than he is. See, what you're Um, describing, 
and I said this yesterday, and I, I haven't mentioned this to you because I want to get your t- your response to this in real time, and I want our audience to even see your facial expressions when I when I when I uh, uh, toss this your way. All right, what you're describing, see, I think this is the game Nikki Haley is playing. All this speculation, she's trying to replace Pence on the ticket. I don't think it's about any of that. Okay. I think she's a very shrewd politician. She's had some of the best instincts I have covered in my career. Just just watching her analytically, not saying I agree, disagree, just watching analytically. And I think she recognizes what you're saying is true. And that the the next coalition to come, it's it's gonna be some some um, you know, watered down or sloganeering of conservatism, but largely based on your level of loyalty to Donald Trump on a personal level and his brand. And whether you liked him as much as the as the throng of fans that he has. And I think she recognized that she's got to shed because, you know, a lot of her, she comes from the Rubio, Trey Gowdy kind of wing of the party. And she's got to shed that skin once and for all. One way you do it, you throw John Kelly under the bus, okay? Because they loved him. That was their guy. He was going to babysit Trump for him, right? You throw John Kelly under the bus. And then, you know, I mean, I said I told our audience for two years, Rex Tillerson was a terrible appointment, was undermining the president and all of his messaging at every turn. By doing that and and literally going and naming names of deep state people, she is she has landed on MAGA Island and then burnt the boat. She she can't call uh, who's that senator in South Carolina you don't like very much. That that's also one of her buddies. Tim Scott. Yeah, Tim Scott. She can't she can she can't call Tim Scott's consultants now. They won't even return her calls now. She's dead to them. She's Luca Brazzi. She sleeps next to Luca Brazzi with the fishes to that wing of the party now. And I think that is because she recognized what's coming will not be the traditional conservative establishment fight on whether we have any principles or the process. You know, the stuff guys like you and I have written and talked about our whole careers. What's going to come next is where were you on, on, on Trump the brand? And, and, then, and then enough conservative sloganeering to go along with that. And she's, 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 she's calling shotgun right now. I think that's what this is about. Your thoughts. Well, I mean, MAGA man is greater than MAGA agenda. I think that's what she's figuring out. You might say it on the surface that she's antith- antithetical to the MAGA agenda. So how could she think she could ever be a viable candidate? But I think you answered your question. Well, if you're into the MAGA man, yep. who cares if you're yep. not part of the MAGA agenda, including if you're the MAGA man himself? Yep. Which is why, by the way, you know, Trump has embraced certain uh, candidates over the years for House that are the antithesis of that agenda. Um, but, you know, they just. How many people are going to be testifying in Adam Schiff's impeachment hearing that are people that he left there because he didn't drain the swamp, that he left in the swamp to be used against him later on? How many do you think? Like all of them. Steve, all of them. Steve, we are three years. So this is not John Kelly. We are three years into this administration, and they just shepherded within a week Chad Wolf's nomination as DHS secretary. This guy was an H1B lobbyist, he was Kirsten Nielsen's chief of staff. I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm old enough joke. to remember when I worked for the Cruz campaign and the Trumpers used to always complain we weren't America first because uh, we weren't hard enough on those H-1B uh, visa applications. And and Trump was going to end all of that. You remember those days? Good times. Good times. No, yeah. Nothing matters anymore. I mean, yep. this is no, the first time in my career I was speaking to a friend of mine who works in a Senate office. And we were just talking about how even in our relatively young lives, when I started out in this business, Really, you know, I was going to say last decade, even the beginning of this decade, 
when you had big things happen, like nine American Mormons being killed in Mexico, and you kind of generate some news uh, attention on that, it would be an impetus for something where you have someone let go from this stupid, wretched First Step Act, and he goes on to murder someone. You would come back to the drawing board and toughen up the laws. Nothing matters anymore on our side. It's just there's no one stands for anything on any issue. I'm sitting on working on all these issues all day long, and I'm finding myself the only one. And that's what I'm saying. I'm in the wrong profession. It just doesn't matter. But the problem is I don't think it's necessarily related to one man. I think with the way politics is, with the way technology and social media is, whoever takes Trump's place is going to generate the same amount of buzz. Yep. It's going to be the same mentality mm -hmm. because at the end of the day, we have this imbalance where the left has a movement and we do not. So what, gets, what, what, what drives you to get up every morning and continue to do this then? Because maybe if I can convince one other person that things if they, you know what it's worth it. But Steve, in all honesty, it's harder every day to every day to justify this. Um, sometimes you got to just pound away at the same thing five hundred times to get it through people's thick skulls. Um, the other thing I'd say is that Trump is president, and whereas under other people, something that you and I would say means nothing, I would like to say that. I think the Trump administration has listened to a couple of my suggestions, mm -hmm. which just demonstrates that if you had more people doing this mm -hmm. more often, more emphatically, imagine what you could accomplish in the realm of personnel and policy. And guess what, Steve? If you accomplish that, you know what else would happen? No one would care about impeachment, which I don't think too many care about. I don't think too many with. care about it right now. It, it, yeah. I, everyone's saying it's high stakes. I actually think it's low stakes. Yeah, I agree with you. I think... I think Trump, the way he's been damaged personally, I don't think it could damage him more. Mm -hmm. Likewise, I don't think Democrats are at risk of having their brand damaged. I think naturally Trump can't win re-election on his own, but naturally Democrats have to have a candidate, and that candidate very likely will, on his or her own, elect Trump, um, and that's going to happen. But either way, on the other side of this election, what's going to happen then? The same stuff. Democrats continue winning the policies. We keep focusing on this. Just look at the courts this week. The courts are deciding everything. It's a joke. You know, part of this whole impeachment thing is the fact that the Democrats believe there's a branch of government in the bureaucracies that control foreign policy. Trump is not allowed to have foreign policy outside of unnamed um, State Department officials. That, that, that's essentially the little I've seen from the hearing. That's essentially their allegation. That how dare Trump ha do something that the State Department doesn't want to do. But what Republicans need to realize, that's emblematic of an even bigger thing. What we fight about in Congress and elections every day, the courts implement, like, stuff that you couldn't implement in 100 years, they do overnight. Mm -hmm. Even if DACA winds up being overturned, do you know that a dinky lower court would have prevented Trump from dealing with it for an entire term of his presidency. Daniel Horowitz, always good to see you, my friend. Thanks for joining us, as always. Appreciate the pep talk. <laughs> he brought some woe and lamentation this week. Well, there you go. I thought, hey, he's going to bail me out here and tell us what's going on down the shift hearing. And he's like, I'm, I haven't watched a second of it. So...
Can we rehash that list again? <laughs> Indeed. Hey, one more time. Let's rehash this. If you are struggling with chronic pain, I gave you the word about Relief Factor earlier today. Take advantage of this uh, quick start package for three weeks. It's a dollar a day to see if it'll work for you. What do you have to lose except maybe finally, hopefully the pain? 100% drug-free, even though it's created by healthcare professionals, including physicians, so they can prescribe drugs. They know what they're doing, which is why they know that your body can naturally push back on inflammation if it's given the right tools. And I believe, based on my own experience as a daily user of this product, Relief Factor is that tool. Give it a shot right now. $19.95 or 20 bucks for three weeks to call their bluff for a buck a day. Go to relieffactor.com to get the quick start pack for three weeks at relieffactor.com. Again, if you've got an injury or an illness, make sure you get professional medical care. But if we're dealing with inflammation, relieffactor.com. Todd, your thoughts on what we discussed with uh, Daniel here today? Oh, that goes everything we talked about this show the last two days. Uh, yesterday with that Trump tweet, uh, the fact that judis judicial supremacy continues to reign, Daniel verified that. Uh, the fact that uh, the word conservative has no meaning. How else could somebody like uh, Daniel uh, and on the show and those of us on the show feel, you know, so alone at times? Are we getting anywhere? What, what What's the point? Those are legitimate questions to ask because, yeah, anytime you, the closer you get to the nub of what that really is, the more alone you feel because people are simply not willing to stand. Everybody's running their own scam. They're run. They, grifters everywhere and so yeah i mean i i have these moments every day i mean this job is so much fun look at the laughing with we just did last time on mm -hmm. a dumb but it we it's you wonder on any given day this is you know sisyphus actually had it pretty good it seems compared to what we're trying to deal with because all nice. you have all these posers out there this is they, they come, this is my point about the Braveheart analogy I use. I haven't used it in a while. They come, oh, Braveheart, that speech. Sons of Scotland, oh, man. I just, just, they would be the ones, if they heard that speech, they would run away. They don't really mean it. They don't really mean it. They like flowery words. They like the look. They like the facade. But behind it, nothing. Mm. Aaron. Yeah, this is the, this is the same thing we confront and have been confronting um every single every there's there's no denying that that there is treachery uh if that's even the right word uh for you know amongst republicans amongst uh, the swamp there's there's that's well documented we know that as well but again and i keep saying this that is that people people vote for these fiends People, somebody, we like to rip Mitch McConnell all the time. We loved rich, ripping uh, John Boehner. We love ripping the the Republican pukes that we think are going to be saviors of of our republic. Somebody keeps voting for these guys, so it's just as much as uh, on us as it is on on them. We're going to stick around and do a little overtime for our Blaze TV subscribers. BlazeTV.com slash Dace if you'd like to subscribe to Blaze TV. For the rest of you, we will see you tomorrow, noon to 2 Eastern, right after Glenn Beck here on Blaze TV Radio and Podcast. Until then, John 317. This is Steve Dace. On the Blaze Radio Network.